All right. Well, I forgot to do something. I forgot to welcome people watching on Facebook. So I got so excited about real people, actually. Not that you're not real people if you're watching. But I got so excited about people actually being here that I forgot to welcome the people that are watching us live on Facebook. So greetings. I'm glad that people can still tune in and thankful for the youth are running uh, the switcher this morning. And so what you see, they are putting up there. I do want to tell you about a phone call that I received. I received a phone call about a month or so ago from Nathan Madison. I first met Nathan uh, while I was a student minister in Birmingham, Alabama. Nathan was brought to our student ministry by a young girl named Tori. Tori was one of the youth that were already at the church when I showed up. I think she was a freshman or an eighth grader at the time. And a few years into her youth ministry, she brought this boy with her. She introduced this boy as Nathan and that he was her of Nathan, as you can imagine. But heart over there, I like it. Good, starting to use them, using the emojis. So I got to meet Nathan a little bit. I want to tell you a little bit about Tori before I, I get to Nathan. Tori, after she graduated our, our student ministry, Tori decided that she wanted to go into full-time ministry, and so she actually enrolled in the seminary that I had graduated from, and now Tori is leading the student ministry where I was at before I came here, and so just very proud of Tori and encouraged by her every time I think about her or see her or hear from her. Nathan and Tori eventually split up, and uh, Nathan went off to college, and I, I didn't see Nathan at, basically after he graduated high school, but Nathan called me about a month ago, and he said, hey, Pastor Josh, is, is this you? And I said, yes, Nathan, it's, it, it is me. He's like, oh, great, you haven't changed your number. I wasn't sure if you would have or not. I wanted to call and tell you that I've written a book, and I wanted you to have it. And I said, well, that's great, Nathan. What is the book about? And he said, it's called Uproot, Reframing the Feeling of Inadequacy and Reclaiming Your Ground in God's Kingdom. He said, Pastor Josh, you made a big difference in my life. You are the one of the people who have introduced me to Christ and you're consistent in your faith and in your witness. And I wanted to send you the book that I wrote. It's kind of cool when you got your name in somebody's book, like in the back, it, you know, it gives me kind of a shout out there. It's a pretty neat thing, right? But he, he just called to, to let me know what he was doing and what he was up to and how he wanted to write more books, giving God the glory and introducing people to Christ and talking about what God is doing in his life and what God can do in theirs. This was a very encouraging thing for me in a time where I'm like, I, I don't looking around and I'm not sure there are a lot of things to be encouraged by. And so I was very thankful for that. I received the book in the mail the other day. There's a nice note and a wonderful thing. So both Tori and Nathan are people that I used to encourage on a weekly basis, daily basis, and so forth. And now they are encouraging me. And I don't know about you, but I think we're probably in a time where we all need a little encouragement. Can I get, like, if you, if you are that person, you just need some encouragement, raise your hand. Are you, or are you the type of person just right now, you wake up every morning and you're just encouraged when you look around right now? One, all right, we had, okay. So that's, you were in the first service. So we've had like one person in both service who raised their hand for that one. I don't think a lot of people are kind of waking up and they're like, yes, I'm really encouraged by everything right now. 
but uh, uh, about a month and a half ago, I was doing my daily devotions. I was reading through Romans and I came across this passage and I thought, yeah, that's, that's for me. And that's one of the passages that I want to share with our church moving forward. I thought it'd be a great passage to share with us as we come back together uh, for the first time. And here it is. It's Romans 1, 11 through 12. And this is Paul writing to the Romans church. He says, for I long to see you. The truth is that I have longed to see you, that I have wanted to see real people, people in our church, instead of just speaking to the camera. And I love you who are on the other side of the camera. That's why I long to see you. But now I am able to look people in the eye, see expressions, see them not laughing at my bad jokes. I long to see you. I like being with the church. You are my friends. You are some uh, you're, you're my family, you're the church, you're the people that I get to shepherd. And it is hard to do when you can't see people. It's hard to do just through the phone or through text messages or through email. It's hard to just, it's really hard to watch myself, by the way, too, on Facebook or YouTube or on the video. I hate it. I sometimes do it just to try to get better, but still, it's awful. Paul's telling the, the Roman church, I long to see you. And here's what he has to say to them that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So as I told you, this passage is to the Roman church. It's written by Paul, and he is telling people in this church that he longs to see them. Now, what is interesting about this is that Paul is a giant of the faith, and he's telling them that he wants to be mutually encouraged. Think about this for a moment. Paul is one of the men that was raised in a way where he would have known pretty much the entire Old Testament by the back of his hand. Like he was a Jew of Jews. He, he, was, he was brilliant. He knew he would have gone to the best schools. He, if you read his writings, you can just see the Old Testament just flow through. He knew the scriptures as good, of, as, good as anybody in his time. Paul is a person who was called to faith or called to ministry specifically by Jesus himself. Jesus rises from the dead and he appears to Paul specifically and he calls Paul personally to ministry. Paul is considered the greatest Christian missionary in the first century. Most churches during this time, especially outside of Israel and that area, are basically planted by Paul himself. Christian missionaries now, they, they study Paul a great deal before they go out into ministry. How did Paul reach people outside of his own context and what motivated him to do so? Uh, much of the New Testament is written by Paul. 13 of the New Testament books are written by Paul. Some people think 14. I don't think he wrote Hebrews. So 13 all right, of the books are written by Paul. Paul was one of those people that no matter what he went through, he was not going to give up on ministry. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was placed in jail. Not only that, right? He, he, he got bit by a snake and just a poisonous snake and just keeps going. This is who Paul is. And this, the reason I'm telling you this is Paul is writing the Roman church. He's writing people like to people like me and to like you. And he's saying, I long to see you. I want to see you for this reason that he may be mutually 
encouraged. That's really interesting coming from Paul. That a man of that stature, of that kind of faith, expected to show up at, at, at the Roman church, and he expected them to encourage him. He wasn't just going to show up and say, hey, I have all of this for you. I want you to see my great faith, and you're going to go just amazed by me. He said, no, I'm going to show up, and you're going to encourage me. That's, that's a crazy thing to think about. It's not just one way. And my point in telling you all of this is that if Paul needs to be encouraged, if that man needs to be encouraged, everyone needs to be encouraged. I need encouragement. You need encouragement. We all need encouragement. Yes, I see some emojis there going up. Thank you. Thank you. So the question then is, is what does Paul expect to be encouraged by? And it's really simple, by each other's faith, by each other's faith. Paul writes to the Roman church basically kind of for two different reasons. One is theological that has practical implications, and the other is just kind of a practical reason for Paul himself. The theological reason that has practical implications is, is, is fairly simple, but infinitely complex as we think about it. Paul writes to the Roman church letting them know about the gospel, that you are saved by faith through grace. In, you're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Like that's the gospel. And Paul is lying, laying this out there for them that you have been reconciled to a holy God through the gospel, through Jesus' death and resurrection, and that they need to know that. And the practical implications of that theology is that both Jews and Gentiles will come together and they will worship God together, that God will break down hostility lines and that God will bring people together that shouldn't be together, worshiping together, uh, reconciling with one another, getting along and advancing the gospel together, no matter their background or anything like that. And to be honest, right, we need more of that right now in our culture and in our churches. And so Paul is writing for that reason. Paul's also writing for a really practical reason for himself. As I told you, Paul is a missionary and he is going to, his, his goal is to get to Rome, but not to stay in Rome. Paul wants to get to Rome so he can be encouraged by the people in the church there. But he sees Rome as a potential hub for his next ministry. You see, Paul wants to get to Spain. Paul wants to go to Rome and then he wants to get to Rome and then he wants to go to Spain so he can spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. So he wants to continue to just go, go westward there because the gospel hadn't gotten to Spain yet. And so he sees the Roman church as a hub to his next place to get to and he's hoping that the Roman church will support him as he goes to this next place. So the Roman church is going to be an outpost of the gospel. That he's going to show up there. He's going to see their faith. He's going to build them up. They are going to build him up. And they're going to do ministry together for a while. And then they're going to send him out. And he's saying, I have heard about you. I have heard about your faith. And now I want to see it in action. And he expects to see it from them so that he might be encouraged then to go to the next place. And I, I, I want to tell you this, and I wanted to show you this verse this morning, because we haven't been together for a little while, right? And some of you have been meeting in your groups. Uh, many of you haven't, which is probably wise, depending on kind of where you're at with this and where your health is at and so forth. But to be honest, we haven't seen a lot of what the church is doing, unless you've just kind of been on our Facebook page scrolling up and down. And so I wanted to take a moment this morning and I wanted to encourage you by what our faith 
what our church is doing through faith and what it has done over the past couple months and weeks and so forth since we've met faith face to face. So here are some of the things that we've been doing. Many of you are asking about uh, Joanne's Pantry. Have we still been giving out food in Joanne's Pantry? Have we still been serving at Joanne's Pantry? And the quick answer to that is, is yes, we did have to stop for one month, but I stopped by Thursday and this is a picture of Luana with all the food here. They, they were giving out food under a kind of, they had a clear tarp hanging down as people came up. They gave them out bags of food, so a lot different than it used to be because if you've ever been to the pantry, it's almost like your personal shopping place as you go through. You can get stuff off the walls and people are helping you and greeting you and seeing how you are doing. Unfortunately, that's not happening anymore, but the pantry is still operating and it's still at work and they're still doing a wonderful job. And so be encouraged by that. I, I want to tell you about what's been going on with the coronavirus fund. Many of you have been giving, giving to the coronavirus fund. I think we've raised up to about $7,000 or so through the coronavirus fund, and we plan on giving it all away uh, to people who have been affected different ways by the coronavirus fund. Yeah, come on. There, yeah, there we go. Thank you. Thank you. All right. There, there. Well, good, good. More. All right. Thank you. So we began by helping out with the VA. We were told that some of our veterans who might be uh, shut in may not have food. And so we mobilized people to get food out to people in our VA. We worked with Joanne's Pantry to do that. We gave um, immediately, we gave a significant uh, portion of the coronavirus fund to Hannah's house. Hannah's house uh, helps girls who have been abused, bat battered, and are being trafficked. And so we are helping to put a stop to that. We weren't sure if they were going to be able to get the PPP. And so we wanted to make sure that their employees and that everybody continued to have the funds they need so that they could continue to operate during this time. Pastor John Majeski was here in the last service. He helps run a ministry called Ezekiel Wheels. He goes and he buys cars off an auction, he gets them fixed and then he sells them and then he takes the profit and then he goes and buys food for the poor in Steubenville where he's also trying to get a church off the ground. And so doing that, Silent Blessings, we've been getting letters from Silent Blessings saying they are struggling, they're a missionary, basic, they're a missionary team that we support that's, uh, mission, that ministries to the deaf, which are probably the least, if one of the least reached peoples in the entire world. There's not a lot of ministry going on to the deaf and they were struggling financially, so we have cut an extra check to sign the blessings to help support them. We gave extra money to Hunger Relief to Don and Carolyn Armstrong, who are in the Southeast right now. If you look at like India and those areas are getting hit really hard by COVID. And if you're not in the right class of people, if you're not the right person, you're probably not gonna get food. And so they are working with um, organizations to help make sure that people get fed and you all have been a, hard, a part of that. Another thing that we have done concerning the coronavirus uh, is we've been trying to make sure that our shut-ins don't feel like they are forgotten. Yeah, I, I feel really bad for the people who are already isolated and are now even more isolated. And so we made up these gift bags. They're almost grocery bags, like uh, uh, brown grocery bags full of gifts and goodies for them. And we uh, bought a bunch of supplies and put it in there and gifts. And then we had you, right? You, you took them and you took them to the nursing homes. You took them to their houses and you gave them those gifts. And so thank, thank you for that. Like I think two bags we weren't allowed, weren't actually allowed to go in. Um, and so I, we tried to get those to the kids. Hopefully they were able to get in. Our student ministry. I, I don't say this lightly, um, not to make light of the coronavirus, but the coronavirus has been good to our student ministry. 
has been, yeah, there we go. And it's good to our, our student ministry has gotten bigger over the summer. Kids have nowhere else to go but to church. Praise God for that. Right, so our student ministry is about doubled in size for a summer group right now. Uh, this is a picture of their hiking on Thursday. Uh, Doug used to take just a couple hiking uh, on Thursdays. They had to rent a van uh, this Thursday, a big 15-passenger van, so they could, could make sure everybody could go. So we're so thankful for that. We were able to celebrate the students, five students. We had five students graduate. We were able to do a baccalaureate for them, have a service outside. It was a great thing. Our students are inviting friends to the student ministry. It's, it's been great. Our children's ministry has continued. It hasn't stopped. It's been going on online digitally, and they've been doing a number of things. But one of the things that stuck out to me that just really made my heart glad was when Louis Rossi had a birthday, and they organized a birthday parade for Louis Rossi. I don't know about you, but for me, when I see my kids around people in the church or, or people that are older than them or people that are teaching them, I want my kids to honor and show love and respect for those who love them. And I don't know if you know Louis. Many of you have probably never met Louis because Louis never comes into the service. Louis always goes back to serve the kids and to be with the kids. And he, he just loves the kids. And because he loves the kids, the kids love him. Louis and his wife both are pretty high risk, so they hadn't been out of the house a whole lot and have been told to stay in. And so he had a birthday during this. And our kids then all came together. They mobilized. Well, they didn't drive. The parents did. They got in the cars. They went by this house, and they were able to talk to Louis outside of the windows and let him know that they loved him and, had a happy, and make sure that he had a happy birthday. That is a wonderful thing to see. You know, outside of the church, a lot of people aren't getting that. I mean, imagine, right, uh, people who just, they don't, they don't have those connections. That, that's a beautiful thing to see the church doing. We've had two new preachers this past, uh, uh, during coronavirus. So Sean Reed preached his first sermon to the camera. That's a hard thing to do, and he did a good job. Alan Vanderink at the uh, student uh, graduation he preached basically a message as well. These two are two that I've been trying to disciple. I want to speak and preach every once in a while because as a church, we need to be measuring success, right? By whether or not we are making disciples. And the coronavirus has not stopped us from doing that. We've continued to be able to do that. And they've done a wonderful job. And you're gonna hear Sean again, I think on Memorial Day, or not Memorial, Labor Day weekend coming up here. And so praise God for that. We wanna continue to encourage uh, people who are doing ministry in and outside of the church. And then I just want to thank you because you guys are doing things that we haven't even seen. Some of them that we have, uh, you know, the jurors are here tonight or this morning and many of you took their residence while they had the virus months ago. She's fine. She doesn't have the virus, anybody. You're good. Months ago, she had the virus and she takes care of people who live in her basement and you all, stepped up and supplied meals to them and the people who are living there. Thank you for that. I've had people call and say, Josh, would you think so-and-so would like a gift card to a grocery store because I know they struggle financially? I said, yes. And they've gotten them gift cards and helped them. And those people have come to me and said, Josh, people in the church <laughs> sent me a letter and a card and a gift card. And I'm so thankful for that. I've been hearing spouses that are connecting more than ever with their spouse. Thank God for that. Like some of you are actually like changing your priorities around during this time. Some of you are spending more time with your children. Right? Thank God for that and enjoying that. Some of you can't wait to get out of the house 
away from your children and spouse, right? <laughs> just where you're at. My, my point is here is just be encouraged. I have to tell myself this every day right now. It's really easy to wake up and be discouraged, but we have to hold on to and we have to exercise our faith. We have to look around at one another who, who are really, I mean, you guys are living out your faith and we have to be encouraged by it. Paul is saying, I'm going to show up to the Roman church and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to impart some spiritual gift of strength to them, to you, to them right, to you right here. And when Paul is writing this, what he's not saying, he's not, he's not saying that I'm going to show up with the Holy Spirit and give it all to you. He's assuming the Spirit of God is already there. And he's also not saying that when I show up, I'm going to impart a spiritual gift to you, like the spiritual gift test that you all take, like the spiritual gift of maybe administration or leadership or discernment or hospitality or knowledge. You know what I'm talking about if you've taken uh, the Next Steps class or the growth track. No. He's saying this spiritual gift is actually encouragement here. It's, it's just like one person of faith showing up to another group of people of faith or person of faith and encouraging them in faith, by faith encouraging them. And the reason I'm telling you this and the reason that I want to make that clear is that everyone can do it. You can encourage people by faith. Your faith does encourage people. And so Paul is just saying, I'm just going to show up and I'm just going to, I'm going to put my faith in action and you're going to be encouraged by it. And what he's telling them is I'm going to show up and I'm going to see your faith in action and I'm going to be encouraged by it. And he expects to be so encouraged that he's going to stay there for a little while and then he's going to go off to a place that he's never been before to be alone, to share the gospel with a bunch of people that he's never met before because he's going to have been so encouraged by the people that he just saw and that he was just with as he sees them in ministry and as he sees them doing what the Lord has called them to do and as he sees their faith, he expects their faith to help motivate him to take his faith to the ends of the earth so that everyone might be built up in Christ here. So this morning as I conclude, right, the application to this message is really simple. It's really simple. My challenge to you as you leave here is to take the faith that you have and use it to encourage others. Right? You can do that. You can take the faith that you have and you can encourage others right now. Sometimes I get asked, how's so-and-so doing? That's a really good question, by the way. Like, I, I like that question. It, it means that people in our church are thinking about how are other people in our church doing, right? But here's what you can do when that question comes up, is you can call them, okay? You can, you can send them a text message. You can find out, right? You can encourage them. That's a, that's a good thing for you to do. I, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm discouraged just because I get on social media every once in a while. Yeah, amen, right? Yeah. Be encouraging, right? There, there's, there's, I mean, you, yeah, there are things to comment about or, or whatever that maybe aren't super positive on there. I, I get it, and there's a time for that. Take some time to be encouraging. Love on some people there. 
I'm not going to encourage people to stick around inside here. I, I do think, right, you're probably more at risk to spread the virus if you're talking in close quarters and not social distancing um, and, and, and the church, uh, inside, anywhere, really, especially people that you're not around on a regular basis. But after you get out of here, if you want to go outside and continue to social distance and look somebody in the eye who's a part of our church who is here right now, and ask them how they're doing and, and try to encourage them. I, I would encourage you to do that, right? Uh, do that. That's okay. They might need it. Ask them how they are. Ask them what they've been up to. Tell them what you've been up to and how the Lord's been working in your life. As you go from here, pray for others. As the Lord brings others to your mind and to your heart, act on it and do what you can to encourage them. And my guess is that you'll be encouraged by them as well. Hopefully. I mean, there's always that person that's like Eeyore every time you get on the phone with him. You're like, all right, well, keep your head up, right? But most of the time you get off or most of the time you stop talking to somebody. It's like, that was really nice. I'm glad I reached out to them. I'm glad I spoke to them. Whatever you do, as I wind this down, I hope that you will think about ways that you can encourage other people by your faith. And with your faith. Because the truth is, is that we all need it. We all need to be reminded that Christ is in us and able to make those who feel weak strong. To give hope to the hopeless. To make the poor feel wealthy. The fearful, he is able to give courage. And to the anxious, he is able to bring peace. To the discouraged, he's able to give them joy. I believe that. Paul believed that. I hope you do too. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this morning and I pray that we would be encouraged. I pray that we would be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Those who are here and those who are not here and those who are viewing online right now. The church is made up of the people of faith, people of faith in Jesus Christ. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the way that he is working and moving right now in our hearts. I thank you for the way that he has even brought encouragement to each person in this room and the people who are not. I do pray, Father, that as we would come together, whether it be in person or on a phone or even over social media, Father, that you would encourage us, that we would be mutually encouraged by each other. I thank you for the way that the church has been working through all of this, that we have not that the church has not stopped being the church. The church has just simply almost pushed pause on meeting in large groups. And yet the church continues to be the church. We continue to pray for those in need. We continue to give to those who we need to give to. We continue to try to help those who need help. And I pray that we would continue to do that. I pray for anybody who just came here, especially discouraged this morning. I pray, Father, that they would be encouraged whether it be by this message or by the worship that we have had, or maybe just seeing that you are still at work in the world. May we be people who, as we go from here, impart some spiritual gift and strength to strengthen others. Might we be reminded that encouraging people in the faith are not just for people like Paul, but it's for people in the pews. 
people like me, and like all who are listening right now. I am personally thankful, Father, for this church and for the people here. And we love you, and we thank you, and we pray that as we begin to conclude this time together, Father, you would bring to mind people that we could encourage, that we could lift up. As in Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen.